Hey guys, I'm Shadwari. And this is Samana. And this is Criminal Vortex. And this is a true crime podcast where we talk about true crime. And uh, this is season one, Depraved Diaries, where we talk about serial killers. But uh, before we start off with them serial killers, I just want to take like a minute to acknowledge our beautiful uh, five-star review givers, if that's what you can call them. Uh, we have Ishan that says, I love how thoroughly they research each episode and talk about things lightheartedly, lightheartedly without disrespecting the victims. I think our one-star review would beg to differ. You know what I love about us? Is that either we have five-star reviews or we have one-stars. It's like people either love us or they hate us. It's go big (laughs) or go home, baby. (laughs) (laughs) And then we have Anu. She says, I, she, he, I, I don't know. They say, I love this podcast. They thoroughly research the case and make sure it's not very heavy. Love it. Thank you. Yeah, everything is too heavy. Honestly, like all of these cases are truly heavy. And if you don't, don't like um, get out of the sad zone and just talk it, talk to uh, each other about it. I I think that's how you spread more awareness as to uh, what happened. And the more you talk about the victims, the more you remember about them. So I think this is necessary to be done. But like they can be delivered in a way that you respect the case. And just not cry at the end, you know. Like I, I don't. We don't want you to cry and like yeah. get all freaked out and stuff. But like we just want this to be like a group of friends talking around the campfire. Maybe we'll add like campfire music to the background, like not not music. What the hell? Like fire Sound crackling effects. noise in the background. Yes. Yeah. And, and we really action. and we really don't want you to cry after listening to this because honestly, we all have. Trust me, we all have our three or three o'clock um in the morning crying sessions. Trust me, been there, done that. Yes. Don't want you to do that. <laughs> the, like th- the reason that you're listening to us is because you probably want to like have us as your company if you're working. Hello, keep going. You're doing great, sweetie. But um, <laughs> if you're having us like if you're listening to us uh, while you drive somewhere, which is awesome, drive safe. I hope you're driving safe. I hope you're having a great day. So um, apart from all that, uh, we also wanted to let you know about this new format that we've come through, um, which I think is better for us personally, uh, because we are both college students (laughs) and um, I'm an art student at that. So, you know, if you're a fellow art student, you know how difficult it is to um, go along with all the submissions and how much work you have to do and um Shur is also going to be joining her college pretty soon yeah not now <laughs> i'm gonna be doing engineering in something i don't want to tell you guys right now let's see <laughs> now i have my results tomorrow so like mm, pray, pray, for sure, pray for sure pray for sure yeah everybody pray for me <laughs> so okay, okay, okay. Uh, for like both let's of us get into it. no like for the both of us i think what we are doing is this new format where we have uh, two cases per month that we're going to be doing together. So in this, we separate the case uh, equally into each other and research it and make scripts out of it. And both of us just sit down and the like discuss it. Yeah, like the whole Shazam. And then the, the first and the last episode probably of the week is going to be uh, of the month is probably going to be us talking about the case together yeah and Um, usually like the other one wouldn't know what the case is about like last time i did the 2611 that was kind of improv like that was um on the spot kind of so she's doing i don't know what she's doing i just know like i didn't didn't tell her very basic she don't know like i call her slope lady that's all i know what the yeah that's all that's all she knows soap lady yeah, I said there's a lady who makes soap, okay? And you don't need to know anything yeah, more about so that. And I, I dare know. you to Google her. You, you don't. No, no, I'm not going to. I, I don't want to because I want to be here drinking my glass of water <laughs> and like imagining myself around a campfire, mm-hmm. just sitting and chilling. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know how lady making soap can be morbid, but like, please let me know. So, I'm you know, like these, these cases that we're going to be covering alone is the one that we have researched individually and we've gone in depth with and we probably know a lot about. Um, 
maybe mm. not everything but we have definitely liked the case personally and fast got fascinated by it much more and when i mm. heard that she didn't know about it i was like bruh <laughs> let's Hell impress yeah, bruh <laughs> <laughs> i'm here for the impress fest <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to impress Sherwari. By the end of this, Sherwari yes. is going to like love me even more. Not that she doesn't yeah, love me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Sher, are you le- ready to listen along with all the listeners? Yeah. Definitely, I'm super interested. Okay, then. Let's get let's start, shall we? So, uh, I told you that this case is about the soap lady. Now, as funny as the yes. name. The, as funny as the name sounds, this lady that we're going to talk about, of course, makes soap. But can I just say one thing? M- like, is she is she very old? Like fifty? Uh, yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Guessed it. So yeah, you got you got one thing right. I, I mean, I mean, you you did good. <laughs> I I know. Do I know my true crime or what? Of course you do. Of course you do, honey. how how can you not <laughs> okay so we're going to start with this basic idea you've all been using soap a lot since this pandemic situation since all of us are like using coronavirus <laughs> you make you her sound much cooler than she is that she's not this cool. <laughs> so I, i don't know who that is which one was that cardi Nicki Minaj. I don't, don't want to know. <laughs> I'm still getting over tra- uh, trauma. Okay, I'm, I'm interrupting you too much. Okay. Yeah, do not. Oh my God, let me speak, dude. You don't. Okay. So, since we're all using soap a bit too much during the pandemic and keeping ourselves clean, I just want to make the situation a bit more traumatic than it is already. So, imagine the soap that you're using. is made out of human remains and you didn't know about it dun, dun, dun. how would you feel freaked out i guess disgusted yeah i'd be much. i'd be dead ass annoyed <laughs> i'd be like, excuse me i want my I hands want to clean wash my hands i just wanted my to hands to be clean <laughs> please <laughs> I do not want anything else in my soap other than soap molecules. Can you not? <laughs> I love how you went British. I don't know why but every time I imagine somebody <laughs> I I mean like every time I imagine somebody who's like very formal and someone who's very nitpicky and clean, I always imagine a British guy wearing a really top hat just like sipping on his tea with like, "Can you not, please?" <laughs> okay. Let me get into the case everybody. Um for this case, we are going to Italy. Oh, mamma mia. So, today's case we are talking about Leonardo Sinculi, um, who was I swear to god. I swear to god. Oh my god. Why would you say that? Da Vinci. It's a reflex. You can't. I can't you hear Leonardo and then you're like the giving, giving, giving. Da Vinci. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh okay, it's a reflex. You should Instagram. be. You should be very, very sorry, ma'am. You should be very apologetic right now. You know that. Right? <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh my God! You're not letting me talk. Okay, so today's case is about Leonardo Sanculli, who was born in 1893 and died in 1970. So yeah, we don't live in the same time period as her. Yay. Yay. <laughs> so, uh she's widely known as or regarded as the soap maker of Correggio. Now, I think a lot of you guys have heard about this case, but this case is just so fascinating that like I really really get freaked out every time I listen to it. Um since I'm covering this case this might not be as serious as Sher's cases <laughs> cuz my way of listening to um my way of uh, talking about true crime is something different. I have a very dark sense of humor. So in case you guys are going to get offended 
let me warn you advance in a, well in advance you are going to get offended dun 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 okay <laughs> so with that set apart let's just get into it right so in case you didn't know she killed three women in uh, in radio emilia okay so this is the place that she lived in these incidents happened between the 1930 and the 1940 and the worst part is that she turned their dead bodies into cakes and soap soap was fine cakes just like boom <laughs> cake cake isn't the edible cakes yes she used to make tea cakes we're getting into it we're getting into it sure i hope you're not eating anything i swear to god <laughs> you're going to vomit <laughs> no 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 she used to make tea cakes she didn't make tea so you're safe here <laughs> okay So she was born in a narrow uh born to a very narrow-minded couple. She used to live in silence and attempted suicide twice at a very young age. In 1970 she tied the knot with Rafael Pansardini and her parents did not accept the group. They wanted her to marry someone else when uh she refused to listen to them. They began cursing, mentally abusing and torturing her. So she was going through a lot of homely abuse. uh mentally if not if not so much as physically because these cases are so old it's really hard to tell that these uh mm-hmm. things are um accurate or not like what the torture that she went through was really like but the things that we find was basically that she was humiliated a lot and this was really really bad for her and she didn't like it so um Now the thing about her is that she was born uh to her mother due to rape like mm-hmm. and they lived in a very uh bad uh, they lived in a very narrow-minded uh community hence uh the the community did not want her mother to like speak up against it hence her mother were, was forced to marry the the guy who who raped her Yeah. I wanted to like let it down very slowly so that you didn't have to like that is disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to say about this cuz like when I first when I first read it in like the couple of things I was like oh my god. <laughs> Why would you do that? The, mm-hmm. Like I could I could see how her mother was like already like this did so much to her mother emotionally yeah. that every time she looked at Leonardo she would just always think about the incident that happened and this would just just be so much for her to handle. Hence I can That's I can traumatize her honestly. It is very like if you think about it it's very like it's it's difficult to look at the person that you don't like. and then just thinking about being forced to raise the child that you conceived through the rape with the rapist which is oh no oh yeah that's that's the with the rapist that's the thing but uh, there's this you know Ariel Castro oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah uh one girl named Michelle that was held captive for 11 years she had his child and i think he's dead now or he's in prison like whatever but like she is raising that girl the um girl that she had with Ariel Castro and she says that she looks a lot like him but uh, she won't let that in between the love that she has for her because in the end it's still her child and i applaud that woman for that I mean it's understandable that she's raising it with somebody else and it doesn't have to be like always staying in the same house hmm. being in the exactly. same place with the 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 rapist which is which is something that I really think did a lot to um mess with the mother's head here so I'm not mm-hmm. blaming the mother but yeah, I'm no, also no. not uh, okay with how she treated her like constantly yeah, ridiculed mean, like, someone constantly uh despised them and just uh that, that oh god that would do so much bad that would do so 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 much bad i hate it no it's I like you, somewhere you need to break the cycle of trauma you know yeah yeah But, yeah um, these kind of crazy cases that mm-hmm. you can always uh see how the nature versus nurture thing plays out which is very interesting mm-hmm. and you can see that leonardo's hate 
for for uh, her her mother basically made her uh, something she didn't want to be. Right. Like not entirely. Not that I'm saying that her mother is uh, the the complete one to blame for this. But then once you think about it, not everybody who's come out of uh, abusive households is just going to go into murder and fraudery. But yeah, this seems it's, like it's a seventy percent nurture thing. Till yeah, now. yeah, something that you can see that has an effect on what's happening, right? Right. Okay. So with that wrapped up, um, her parents were not the best people as we know <laughs> they obviously had huge yeah. issues <laughs> as one can guess so leonardo um from a very young age was going through a lot in her household and she was constantly hated on tortured mentally and uh, probably even physically which is not um sure so i'm just going to put it out there mm-hmm. Take it with a grain of salt, please. And yeah, so even though her parents did not really care about her so much, um, they wanted her to marry someone richer. So her daughter could get married to someone richer, wealthier, and someone who could take care of them in their old age, which is, excuse me? what Mm, i don't like that you don't raise her like a human being you treat her like cattle and now you want to sell her to the highest bidder so they can take care of you when you're old no so kudos to her she moved out to potenza with her husband rafael pasardi who was a clerk so he he was definitely not something that um Leonardo's parents were looking for and mind you she was gorgeous as a as a young person okay she was very good looking so i can see how her parents just wanted to use her as cash cow in this in the scenario so mm-hmm. okay so uh her parents did not approve of the marriage obviously because they had already planned something else for her so what nice. she did was she planned with the the fiance and they ran away and for this occasion uh leonardo says that her mother had cursed them and was completely against them and was very very rude in general to them as you can imagine like (laughs) what else did we expect so in 1921, the couple moved uh, to Ponsardini's uh, native town of Loria Potenza, where Leonardo was sentenced and imprisoned for fraud in 1927. Now, this is difficult to, uh, again, this is very difficult to know what exactly she was in for. Because, you know, these are old cases and things just get lost with time. So we do know that she was uh, incarcerated for fraud in 1927 and was released. uh, And when they were released, the couple wanted a fresh start. So they moved to Lacedonia Avellino. These are all towns in Italy. So, yeah, they I'm I'm really sorry if I'm not pronouncing their names right. We're not Italian. If you didn't know by now, we're not Italian. We're super Indian. So uh, her whole life, she actually believed a lot in um, fate and all that stuff. So she definitely believed in fortune tellers. Oh, (laughs) All I believe is in fortune cookies because they taste good. (laughs) (laughs) So, and they tell you really sweet stuff. Like, you're really nice, but you need to work on your anxiety. I got Um. that once. A point, no? <laughs> yeah, no, they know me. Freaking stalker. <laughs> okay. So she was very popular and well respected in her neighborhood, as expected from an old lady. Obviously, they just become well respected because they're old. <laughs> so uh, the fortune teller had told her before that she would have a lot of pregnancies, but then she would also have all of them die. And then Ooh. they also mentioned that, um, I think this was another fortune teller, which mentioned that you have, um, you have jail and mental, uh, mental institution written in your uh, destiny. So I think, I mean, she's like, what, how, what's your relation with your mother? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. You're going to be a 
psychotic break soap making lady <laughs> probably could be you never know i mean like these people also have to learn a little bit of science to just you know get into others heads and yeah. try to talk to them okay so um as you can like tell that because she's such a huge believer she was also uh, apparently selling bigger quotes on apparently selling her ability to uh, for you know, see fortunes she was very much uh, self proclaimed i guess where she says that uh, she has a special way of seeing the future and she was well connected to the fortune seeing... teller yeah she was talking about herself this is leonarda she is the one who used to sell fortune uh, tellings of her own so she used to also sell these uh, okay okay even things. she did that okay, yeah yeah she was a really. huge believer in fortune telling but then later on she also started doing that i think like as a part time in the shop cuz i love how it's just like us like we love doing true crime and now we're doing it like we loved listening to true crime podcast and now we're doing a true crime podcast yeah you, you don't you don't get the point do you are you are you selling are you selling uh, paid assassinations in the side are you doing this no. without letting me know huh Huh? Mm-hmm. Huh? I mean, you do live in my basement, so like, who oh, knows? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's really dark in here. Could you like change the light? No. My eyes are growing. Internet doesn't come down, Didi. I only need you to record with me. Oh. <gasps> <laughs> I'll do that. After that, it's straight to the basement. Okay, continue. Sorry. Good, good, good. <laughs> okay. So, uh, Leonardo had seventeen pregnancies during her marriage, but lost three of the children to miscarriage. Ten more died in their youth. Consequently, she was heavily protective of the four surviving children. Sad. I know. The fortune tellings come true. No wonder. True. I know. Like yeah. obviously, that's so sad. She's super, super, super duper protective of her children. Not that. Yeah, understandable. I know, right? So she had four surviving children, and her fears were fueled by uh, the warning that she had received sometimes from the fortune teller. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fortune teller precisely, I think, told her that she would marry and have children, but then all the children would die young. Reportedly, yeah. uh, Leonardo also visited Romani, who practiced palm reading, and told her that in your right hand I see prison, and left I see criminal asylum. This is what I was saying before. So Romani is a very popular uh, fortune teller, also. Actually, I don't believe in astrology. I don't believe no, in same. these kind of things. So all those people who are gonna say that, oh my God, it's because she's an Aquarius. Stop. <laughs> it's because I don't care. <laughs> so. Now we're going to talk about her murders and what she thought was the reason why she killed. I know that we get into the juicy juicy tea cakes. Ew. Ew, no. <laughs> I'm cutting that off. And you're vegetarian. No. And you're vegetarian. Yeah, I'm pure vegetarian. Oh my god, your vegetarian oh. senses are tingling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My vegetarian stomach is about to puke. And I'm not vegetarian, but it also makes me uncomfortable. If that makes you feel any better, Gordon, if every single one of you are uncomfortable right now, good. You better be. If any of you is not, yeah. um, well, I think there is a criminal asylum written on your right hand, son. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Check. I just, I just talk to your uh, destinies, and they let me know you have a uh, um, that on your uh, palm. So, like, uh, wash your hands, kids. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> But that all, <laughs> not human yeah. fat soap. Yeah, make sure it's not red. <laughs> so, according to Miss Leonardo. She uh said that her favorite uh, child was Giuseppe which is the first child who lived which is a son who lived and she she was obviously she was very uh, extremely connected to him 
Mm-hmm. She was very protective of him. So when in 1939, the Italian army was in the preparation for World War II, uh, they wanted every able-bodied um, man to join. Because mm-hmm. like in World War II, they needed soldiers, right? So right. Um, they wanted every able-bodied man to join. And that's when Mr. Giuseppe got <laughs> selected. So um, Leonardo is freaking out. She's like, dude, I have to protect him. And right. then came to the conclusion that for the safety of her son, she needed to provide human sacrifice. No, I was really hoping you wouldn't say that. I was really, really hoping you wouldn't say that. Mm. But that's exactly okay. what I wanted to say. <laughs> no. Okay, so, continue. So, when, when I read Human Sacrifice first, I was like, wait, she, she, she believes in, like, freaking uh, fortune telling and stuff. And then she's talking about Human Sacrifice. What is this Satanist stuff? But, I mean, <laughs> apparently, apparently, you gotta kill people and stuff. I don't know, we have a freaky business, bro. Okay, so um, she found her victims in three middle-aged women who were all her neighbors. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. In 1939, to protect her son, what Leonardo did was that she started killing people. Now, the first of her victims was Faustina Seri, a lifelong spinster who had come to her for help in finding a husband. So the first of uh, Leonardo's victims is Faustina Seri, a lifelong spinster who had come to her uh, for help to find a husband. Now, uh, as I uh, told you guys before that Leonardo was selling her fortune-telling skills and like so-called fortune-telling skills that um, she would bestow upon these ladies, God, she sounds like such a pretentious person. <laughs> but um, she would do these. She would do these tricks where, since obviously she had a she had a tiny little shop that neighborhood ladies would come out and hang out in and just like mm-hmm. talk to her. Right. And slowly and steadily, they just figured out that, you know, she was selling these kind of uh, sessions. So uh, these kind of people, these people were very common. And they were very accessible to her. Now, uh, she chose victims that had less family, less um, uh, people who know them around the area, and possibly like, the poorer The lesser dead. Yeah, yeah. The poorer people. The ones who are going to be overlooked by uh, normally, like, overlooked by the others if they went missing. Uh-huh. Which right. is sad. So, um, as for her, she told... Um, Faustina, that her suitable partner was in Pola, but never uh, asked her to, but never like gave her uh, a complete idea of who this was. Because mm-hmm. she was also the one, because, uh, um, oh God, I'm so confused. Can you cut that part out? Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> I just read, misread something. Okay. So, um, hmm. Leonardo told uh, Faustina that her suitable partner was in Pola and asked her to tell no one about the news. She also persuaded Seri to write letters and postcards to relatives and friends telling them that she uh, that she'd reached Pola and then to tell them that everything is fine. Preparing mm-hmm. for her departure. Like she made sure that uh, Faustina had written these letters well in advance so she can just go and post it. So that way... And she told that do not tell anyone that you're going, like you're leaving. Okay, just like write these letters out. Red flag. So uh, she told uh, Faustina to do that, and then she said you can go to Pola, and then you can like send these out. Okay. So uh, what um, what Faustina did was that uh, she was really desperate for this, and what she did was she um, sold all her stuff, got out of her. Uh, ties and the before departure the last thing she did was she visited Leonardo for the last time and as a parting gift Leonardo gave Seri a glass of wine but little did Faustina know that the wine was drugged and after she was unconscious Leonardo killed her with an axe dragged her body in 
to a closet and cut her into nine Oof. parts, gathering oh her God. body, uh, gathering her blood into a basin. Now, according to what Leonardo said happened next, this is her official statement. So this is in quotes. I mm. threw the pieces in a pot, added seven kilos of caustic soda, which I bought to make soap, and stirred the mixture until the pieces dissolved into a thick, dark mush. Then I poured it into several buckets and emptied it into a nearby septic tank. As for the blood in the basin, I walked until I... <sighs> As for the blood in the basin, I waited until it had coagulated, dried it in the oven, ground it, mixed it with flour, sugar, chocolate, milk and egg, and as well as a bit of margarine, and kneaded the ingredients together. I made a lot of crunchy tea cakes and served them to the ladies who came to visit. Though Giuseppe and I also ate them. And Oh my god! Yeah. Oh, that was Dura! The way she says it, as if she's talking about her evening... It's just. <laughs> I need a freaking moment. I would give you the freaking moment, but then after a little bit of something that I need to put here, which no. is which is the pepperoni on top of my pizza here. Ew. Ew, cut that out. So I'll just put like this last thing here, which is going to make you like think about it a bit more, which is. Uh, according to some sources, um, SETI's life savings, which are 30,000 lire, lire is the currency of Italy, um, which was SETI's life savings, was paid to Leonardo as her payment for her services. That's disgusting. So how she basically she? took everything away from. Literally everything. You know how I said in one of the episodes, like, once you die, you're left with nothing. Like, everything that you ever had is just nothing. Everything, she took everything. Yeah, everything belongs to her now. The, the like, like, Faustina's oh. entire existence was just erased by this lady. So, moving on to the next case, which is Francesca Suave, who was the second victim. Leonardo claimed to have found her a job for girls in Placenza. Francesca Suave was the second victim and Leonardo had claimed to find her a job at a school for girls in Placenza. And like Seri, Suave was also persuaded to write postcards and send it to her friends, this time from Correggio, detailing her plans. Also like Seri, Suave came to visit uh, Leonardo before her departure. Now, the okay. basic MO is same. <clears throat> But the only thing is that this time, I think it was a, a bit too quick, in my opinion. Because she did that. She did the first killing in 1939. And then she did this in 1940 on 5th September, which is pretty close. Okay. It's pretty sure. close, if you ask me. So I just put it out there. Okay. And... The same thing happened where Suavi comes over to visit Leonardo before she d- d- departs. This is the second victim, right? Yeah, yeah, this is the second victim. Okay. So the same MO is there. Um, Suavi <clears throat> comes uh, over to visit her before her departure. She was also given drugged wine and she was killed with an axe. The murders occurred on uh, the murder occurred on 5th September 1940, as I told earlier. And her body was given the same treatment as Seti's. And... Leonardo said that she had obtained 3,000 lire from her second victim. Which is... Why are you taking money from them <laughs> if you're going to kill them? Exactly. I, but I like, mean, if well, you're killing them, so... What her morale? thing was... No, but the thing was that the only reason she's quote and The only quote-unquote reason that she's killing these people is to save her son because she needs some human sacrifice. Well, I have a Why is she doing is all not. of this? Exactly, I don't think it's about that. This is just an excuse. The fact that the 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 fact that this this is going to be challenged later uh, is after the next killing that I'm going to discuss. So, like, hold on to your your little okay. tinfoil hair here. Hold on to your detective uh, magnifying glasses. Okay, and, okay, it's in my pocket. Um, yeah. <laughs> <Bring it back. laughs> 
<laughs> so in the next one, you can pull it out and like go all detective, okay? Okay. So uh, the next victim is Virginia Cacopio. Uh, Cacopio? Cacopio. Cacipo. 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 Shit, I practiced this. Cut this out. <laughs> you have yeah. so much to cut out in this episode because uh, no, I'm no, no, the it's clumsiest okay. idiot. It's, it's okay. That, that's okay. The third victim is Virginia Cacipo and Leonardo tried uh, the third and the final victim who was a former soprano uh, and had sung for La Scala, which is a big deal. She was a soprano as in a soprano as someone who used to sing in an opera. So, um, shit, dude, I say so in every sentence. (laughs) Virginia was a former soprano singer and she had sung at La Scala. Now, if you don't know what soprano is, uh, they are part of the opera and they are the ones who hit the really high notes. So, nice. Um, For her... Uh, Leonardo claimed to have found a job to work as secretary for a mysterious impresario in Florence. As for the other two women, she had instructed not to tell a single person where she was going, and Virginia agreed. And on the 30th of September, 1940, came to visit Leonardo last. The pattern to the murder was the same as the first two. However, unlike the first two victims, her body was melted to make soap. Uh, now, the thing that uh, I think just comes to your mind out of the way is that why did these people believe that she had a job or she had someone at hand? Now, she pretended that because she was uh, a fortune teller, she had a lot of um, connections. Mm-hmm. Right. So this is what she was using in order to get all of them to believe her. Which is why uh, these people were like, like trustworthy, trusting her, thought she was trustworthy. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now the next part is again another disgusting statement from Leonardo herself. Uh, yeah, sure. This is this is going to get mm-hmm. disgusting, especially for uh, you. <laughs> I want to leave. No, you I can't. Be you have anymore. to listen. <laughs> You're no. stuck with me. Remember. You are stuck with me. So you Tell can't you leave either way, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah. I'll scream from the basement if you don't listen. No, it's soundproofed because you need to record, right? So I'll I'll more scored it through the radiator. So you have to re- listen to it anyway. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. So according to Leonardo's statement, she said, quote, she ended up in the pot like the other two. Her flesh was fat and white. And when it melted, I added, added a bottle of cologne. And after a long time in the boil, I was able to make some most acceptable creamy soap. I gave bars to the neighbors and acquaintances. The cakes, too, were better. That woman was really sweet. End quote. No! That's nah. one way to say someone was sweet. Leonardo. <laughs> You could have just said you. it to her. You could just be like, hey, you're really sweet. <laughs> you didn't have to go. Like, <laughs> she she did an entire 360 to tell us that you know, Virginia was a sweet lady. <laughs> oh, God. This is so I'm cursed. Shook this is the most cursed thing I've read. <laughs> I don't like this. I want to go. Okay, before you go... Um, <laughs> Virginia um, made from Virginia uh, Leonardo made a reported um, profit of 50,000 lires, assorted jewelry, public bonds and she even sold all of the victims clothing and shoes. Apparently 50,000 Italian lire, 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 lire that's what I said is, lire is 2,200 rupees. That's a very That's low amount it. of money. I mean, it's very like, old case. In, nah, it's in, the in 80s this compared. day. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. In yeah. this day and age, it's 2000. But like 2000 rupees back then was quite a lot. It's like, Dude, back then, uh, like uh, you could rent a house for uh, 10 rupees a month. 
Yeah. So the reason that I'm all happy, happy now is that she was discovered and went on trial. Yes, finally. <laughs> oh my God, Sh- uh, Sherwood just did a little happy dance. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> oh, I'm done with her. Um. So, uh, the the unlucky victim for Leonardo was Virginia. So Virginia was not the kind to have no family. She had a very strong family there. And I think this is where you see Leonardo just getting cocky and slipping. Yeah. So serial killers beware. Why are you giving them ideas? Why are you doing this? I'm not. Do not give them ideas. Let them be dumb. Why are you making them more intelligent? This This is not... I'm going to cut it out. No, please. Thank you. (laughs) So Virginia's um, sister grew really suspicious of the sudden disappearance. And because she had last seen Virginia enter Leonardo's house. Now, I read this somewhere. I'm not really sure. Take this with a grain of salt again. Um, That her sister actually kept a watch for two hours at Leonardo's house because they were neighbors and wow. did not see Virginia leave the house. So she reported her fears to the superintendent of the police in Reggio Emilia, which is the place name again. This is not a person who opened an investigation and soon arrested Leonardo. Um, Leonardo did not confess to the murders at first and they believe that her son, Giuseppe Pansardi was involved in the crime. Because who would have believed that an old lady could chop up somebody in freaking 12 seconds? Because the sister did go into the house. Like, she did go into Leonardo's house after some time to go check. And she reportedly said that all she smelled was a very weird... um, Like, the house smelled really weird and there was a pot that was going. So, oh damn! Uh, Leonardo was quick. <laughs> she was no, fast exactly. as she was fast as mm, boy. <laughs> I can't say, <laughs> but if you get it, you get it. <laughs> so she confessed to the murders because then again, the police um, was like, "Your son Giuseppe is possibly responsible for this case." So to save her son, which was her initial motive, she confessed to the murders and provided detailed accounts of what she had done to save her son what from if? any of the blame. What if he actually did it and she's just taking the blame? Okay, so I'll also clear this out for you real quick. So this is what okay. this is exactly what the police was thinking. Ki how hmm. can a lady who's so old, like she's she's probably fifty by now, why, like? how could she be so quick as to go ahead chop up a body into nine pieces get the body boiling take all of that stuff up and get it into into a septic tank so to prove this what she did was she took uh, she told the police to take her to the nearest morgue and what they did was uh gave her permission to chop up a body and she did it she did it she showed them that in under 12 minutes, or maybe at 12 minutes sharp, she could do this. And hence... I can't cope with this. Yeah, and hence Ooh. she proved that her son was not responsible. She, It was all her. It was all in one man's show. So, um, after this, uh, she was obviously tried for murder in Reggio Emilia in 1946. And she remained un- unrepented. Going so far as to correct the officials' uh, officials' account while on the stand. So, at her uh, trial in Reggio Emilia last week, poetess Leonardo gripped the witness. T- uh, this is this is like a thing. Okay, like this is what happened. It's for, okay. it's a it's a clip from a, a reporting of the certain case. So, quote: At her trial in Reggio Emilia last week. Poetess Leonardo gripped the witness stand rail with oddly delicate hands and calmly set the prosecutor right on certain details. Her deep-set dark eyes gleamed with a wild inner pride as she conducted. I gave the copper ladle, which I used to skim the fat of the kettles to my country, which was so badly in need of metal during the last days of war. 
She basically said that the 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 ladle that she used to skim off the fat of the victims that she was boiling to the country because they needed met. She has a morale, you guys. She's a patriot. Can you see? <laughs> okay. Good news. Good news. Good news. She was found guilty of her crimes. Sentenced no. to 30 years in prison and 3 years in a criminal asylum. Hence, making the um the fortune telling true. She got prison also and she also got criminal asylum. But just 30 years that's a bit too much lenient to me. That's very lenient. She should have gotten life. She should have gotten life and just 3 years in criminal asylum. She no, killed 3 no, people life. one year for each. <laughs> Oh god no no she no, got in more yeah this is very lenient i mean given her age i think that also played a great role in it to get yeah her... i mean like how old is she going to even survive like yeah 50 80 and then she's dead like, i don't know i mean i think basically the 30 years that she got was mostly because of uh, virginia's family and her uh, power because the other two were basically like not even considered i guess which right. is which is sad which is yeah, really sad I'm pretty sure they were considered as victims in the case of the killing because Yeah, but like they, there was no one to represent them yeah, yeah, fully yeah, yeah. as as strongly as Virginia was. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what I wanted to say. I'm really sorry. I can't English today. <laughs> <laughs> um she died of cerebral uh, epilepsy in the Women's Criminal Asylum in Pozzuoli in 15th October on 15th October. <laughs> 1970 a number of artifacts from the case including the pot in which the victims were bo- boiled are displayed in the criminological museum in rome a dark we are going there yeah we of course going there let's go there yeah that's on my bucket yeah. list now <laughs> yeah definitely i have a freaking bucket list which has jack the ripper museum and the, the museum of death or whatever in la and this is getting added to it put that put yeah. that on our put that on our google drive list i want to see <laughs> <laughs> okay so to end this if this makes you feel any better i'm pretty sure it's not going to a dark yeah. comedy play about leonardo called love and magic in mama's kitchen was first produced by um lena wertmuller at the spoleto festival in 1979 the play began a run on broadway in 1983 so she has a play oh. inspired by her and she also wrote a book yeah. this is where uh, like i don't think it's a book i think it's a um it's a reference of what she said so there was a memoir okay. kind of thing that came out right right yeah so that wraps up the case of leonardo you did beautifully that was amazing thank you did you enjoy the story yeah. though Yeah, I did. That was insane. That made me feel stuff, really, really bad stuff. So that's good. Okay, so this wraps up the case of Leonardo Sinculli, the Italian. Shut up! <laughs> the serial killer who turned her victims into cakes and soap. I hope oh, this made you feel all kinds of queasy and disgusted and weird stuff. But, But I hope that we made it light enough. that it's digestible yeah. yeah so this is a wrap you guys i hope you guys enjoyed what we did today and tune in next week and Yo, next week we are having some more things that we are going to be recording and i'm i'm really excited these these recording sessions are really fun even for us and yeah um i like i like talking about true crime i'm really passionate about it if you guys cannot not tell <laughs> No, <laughs> I'm really sorry if any of you feel like this is a bit too informal because I'm, I'm, talking this about is what we do honestly yeah. I'm done with the formal true crime true crime podcast yeah I mean like, like formal one whatever good for you but like I feel like this is not this is not the place for me Yeah, this is not the place you're looking for us because we already have too much to deal with with school college and online yeah, classes honestly, and we yeah. cannot handle too much uh, we try to uh, we try to uh, give as much possible as much respect and uh, as much care possible when we are referring to the victims yeah obviously but, but at the end aim. of the day in the end of the day it often gets 
a bit offensive to some people but i understand because we are not professionals we are not trained we are doing this on our own accord we are trying yeah. to share our experiences in the way we think about certain things try to share our perspective with you guys so i hope this was an enjoyable episode i hope you like the pattern that we have going right now of us telling each other stories and i really like that I, yeah it's like I, a little I, campfire storytelling session yeah i love it yeah so if you guys have any suggestions any uh, new cases that you want us to cover let us know in our um in our instagram page we also have a twitter now all the same names criminal vortex and you can yes. also email us if you're one of those people who is like to email us <laughs> criminal vortex pod at all of the criminal vortex pod yeah so you have all of that linked in our description below i'm talking too much my throat is dry sure <laughs> i let you carry this bye bye yes. so if you can please give us a review on apple podcast and then you can be um featured not featured but we'll give you a huge ass huge humongous shout out on the episode if you give us a five star review write a little something so we know it's you uh so yeah that's that uh follow us wherever you can and thank you for the love that you've been showing us bye make good decisions people bye bye